you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, welcome to you Friday. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, we've kind of been here for a minute, but not with us, so yay. So that's great. <laughs> um, we're, we're all here. Let's just get right into it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. and Marty are on tap to mm-hmm. help us navigate the show. We don't know yet if we have phone lines. We will see. We, in the second and third segments, plan to open the phone lines, at which point we normally anticipate getting through so many calls <laughs> why why now come on anyway but we just don't know that we're going to be able to do it today I think, I think and it will. won't be her fault <laughs> her meaning you the one who talks so much because uh, you <laughs> always say you say it's me well at some point you know the truth has got to be told yeah um anyways people all point. know and you know what i appreciate i appreciate that they love me anyway um they 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 really do and so i appreciate it um, for, for those of you for whom that's true. All right. Uh, today is Friday. It's our gumbo show, which means yes. everything goes into the pot. So what we do is we kind of take a jog back through the week um, and recap some of the shows that we had for you. And then say, if you want to comment on any of those shows, any of those topics that we discussed, and maybe you weren't able to get through uh, Friday, the phone lines are open uh, for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you can comment. And then also in the first segment, um, I, I want to bring in a couple stories here uh, on Fridays. We try to do a little bit of a lighter show, but sometimes it's sort of like maybe a. they're not always going to be about donuts, but they still <laughs> will be a little bit on the light side. OK, how about that? Is that OK? That's cool. Um, so today, not not going to talk about donuts. No donuts that, was, that was a great conversation. Yes. That was a great conversation. OK, Um but I do want to look at some uh, just one cultural topic that just when I saw it, of mm-hmm. course, the headline just got me thinking, you know how I am about critical race theory and things like that. And so mm-hmm. whenever I see stories that confirm that uh, critical race theory is actually real. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just a Friday joke for everybody. Uh, anyways, but when I do come across stories that confirm <clears throat> critical race theory can't be trusted, then, of course, I like to bring those stories out. So we're going to take a look at that. And um, and then also take a walk back through the week. So let's do that first. Let's take a walk back through the week. I'm okay. um, kind of setting up for something. Some of the conversations we can have around what we've previously discussed. Once you get to the end of the week, you're just, <laughs> just once you get to Friday, I guess. And people say, but you know what, Mika, you say that on Mondays. <laughs> so you guys get Tuesday through Thursday. Well, not Wednesday. Anyways, um. You get Tuesday. You get a great show on Tuesday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and Thursday sometimes. All right. On Monday, we had on Steve Demi to talk with us about building faith families. Yes. Uh, we began that program um, kind of giving a, a brief sort of here's how we arrived at educating our kids at home. The process that the Lord took us through with that and really having that, uh, if you will, Gideon's fleece moment. Mm. Um, just trying to discern what the Lord was uh 
wanting us to do, you know, and, and anyway, you can go back and listen to that show to get some context. But one of the things that was really clear to us was that um, entrusting the gospel to our kids intact required greater influence on our part. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't, yes. we couldn't um, not give the kind of attention we needed to, to that um, having them be outside of our care for eight, seven, eight hours a day. Right. And so anyway, um, you can go back and listen to that. But we talked about building faith families and how uh, rearing our kids is more than just kind of getting them up and getting them out of the house, like getting them up in age and getting them out of the house. It's more than um, just, you know, reading, writing and arithmetic, mm-hmm. that it really is training the whole person, teaching and training the whole person, living life with them so that they can ask questions about why we do the things that we do. It's really interesting because the Hebrews expected this right? They expected that as they lived life with their children, that they were going to be doing things so differently from the world around them, that in a time to come, the Bible even bears this out in a time to come, their kids would ask, why do you do these things? And it was going to be an open door for Mm -hmm. them to tell about Yahweh and what he did through these people that he carved out unto himself. And again, these things become shadows and types, right? Because if in the New Testament context, you consider the fact that you've got Peter's first letter that really lays out a otherworldly type lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a, an other way to live that is completely separate from the world around you, completely separate from what would have been normative, right? Um, but then by the time you get to First Peter chapter three, and I can't stress this enough, it the expectation is that people are going to ask why you do those things. Mm why you do those things. And so right. you're supposed to be ready to give a reason right. for the hope that lies within you. Presumably the hope that lies within you is what motivates the way you live. Mm-hmm. Presumably the hope is in Jesus Christ. Yes. And so if the outside world would be asking these same questions, then our kids, as they are pressed in on by the culture and they begin to notice that we do things differently from the culture they should also ask those questions. Why are we doing this? Mm. Why are we not going here? Why do we not consume this? Why are we not looking at that? And then those are opportunities for us to present the gospel um, and for our kids to be able to see it in action. On Tuesday, we asked the question, forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Sister wrote in asking us about <laughs> um, whether or not that was biblical. Just, yeah. you know, she... She really answered her own question, right, but right. I just felt like, hey, let's have that conversation just publicly. Confirma- confirmation, you yeah. Amen. And and I was right there in her corner. Amen, sister. Like, yes, yeah. she absolutely put her finger right on the problem with that. And so we kind of unpack that. If you want to call in and comment on that, if the phone lines allow you to, then we can do that in the I second or third good. segment. We Are we good? good. All right. So. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And then on Wednesday, Will the Great talked yes. about avoiding the performance trap. Such a great program. I got to hear it in real time. I was really happy mm. about that. Mm. Um, made me laugh out loud a couple times. <laughs> but <laughs> well, the truth good. of what you communicated um, is eternal. So Amen. praise God for that. And then on Thursday, uh, yesterday, let's see. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't written down. I just thought it would be funny to pretend that a, I didn't know. It's a longer title. Yesterday. <laughs> it, is a, <laughs> it is a longer title. The resistance they love and the resistance they hate. Um, where we talked about what is happening in our, in our country and mm. where we are as far as resistance against what is good. And then also the resistance coming from those who are righteous, right? Those who are trying to defend and stand up for truth against wickedness. Um, I, was trying to make the case that the wicked hate resistance against wickedness. They mm. love resistance against righteousness. Right. They love that. True. So you can comment on that too. 
I'm sorry, Will the Great. I didn't mean to. Oh, no, I say it's true. It's true. It is true. You can see it, you know, everywhere we look. Can I just, I want to tag on. So having uh, set that up, let me tag on a story here that is kind of in the vein of what we were talking about yesterday that I think is important uh, to bring to the fore here because what we are looking at is a type of threat and intimidation that really kind of, um, I guess it's kind of reminiscent of the things I've read about and the videos I've seen of like organizations like the Weather Underground and, and all of these these mm-hmm. types of um, terrorist extremist organizations, which I think increasingly what we need to do is stop calling these organizations um, pro-choice organizations or um, pro-abortion organizations. I think that those things are just kind of like way too mild. I think we need Softens to start calling them. Yeah. yeah, it really, it really, really does. Yeah. I think we need to look at them as murder extremist organizations. Mm. And if they get tired of hearing that, um, let's just keep saying it. <laughs> murder extremist organizations. Um, they are engaging in a tremendous amount of threat and intimidation. Um, one of them, I forget it's the Jane's group. I forget there's another name in there, but the Ruth sent us uh, group is on this big time posting personal information about the justices, not only where they live and scheduling times to show up and protest at their homes, but now posting information about where they go to church. Let me share this story with you from Fox News. Ruth sent us the murder extremist organization. Ruth sent us posted a call for demonstrations at Justice Barrett's home and church Mm. in response to speculation that she will concur with a previously leaked draft court opinion that would overturn Roe. A Department of Homeland Security um, report said that the Supreme Court draft opinion has unleashed a wave of threats against officials and others and increased the likelihood of extremist violence. You can see where I'm grabbing my lingo here. Mm -hmm. Murderous extremist groups. That's that's what they are. Yeah. All right. They they are a type of homegrown terrorists. That's what they are. I just like let's just let's just talk about it. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. And look, and you know what? It, it makes this kind of talk makes conservatives very nervous because we're like, oh, I mean, that's an extreme term. But please, let's remember that these people have no problems applying these terms to you. None <laughs> whatsoever. You know, the, the Bible believers, the homeschoolers, the, those are the ones, those are the extremists among us, right? <laughs> so we, we need to, and I'm not saying this just respond in kind, but I'm saying we need to think deeply yeah. about what these people are doing, and we actually need to peg them rightly. It's right. not in retaliation, it's just actually pegging them rightly, right. okay? Anyway, okay, so this group, uh, Ruth sent us had a tweet out, and this is the tweet that went out. If you're in the D.C. metro area, join us. Our protest at Barrett's home moved the needle Mm -hmm. to this coverage. They specifically noted that the Barrett family... Now, guys, I want you to listen to this and and just... Anyway, all right, so here we go. They specifically noted the Barrett family's daily schedule. Wow. And the school that her children attend. See? This is what they wrote. This is one of their tweets. Falls Church is a people of praise stronghold. She sends her seven kids to a people of praise school that she sat on the board of directors for. She attends church daily and they wrote daily in all caps. Hmm. How, how, how is that not a call for sort of like, how is that not a dispatch? Do you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. I mean, that is yeah. a dispatch. That yeah. is, that is a, you know. Right. And I don't understand it. I don't understand how I, I, I would hope something would be, I guess they would ramp up the security and all that. Just like 
with uh, Justice uh, Kavanaugh. You know, he had people at his home. But when these people make these type of statements, like Schumer made, and like these, mm-hmm. like they should be put in jail. They should be found. You know, I and, think so, and put in jail. Those are threats. I think so. I think those should be viewed as credible threats that can be acted upon <laughs> and that these people are inciting these threats. Remember, this this is what you have wicked people trying to say about the Christians, right? That these Christians, that when they communicate um, their deeply held religious beliefs, that those things incite violence, right? They're trying to shut that down. So I think, but when you actually have those who are seeking to incite violence, right. why are we ignoring that? Why, why are we playing I mean, around with that? Look, the statements abound. Like you, so you have this. You have what we played yesterday by Chuck Schumer. Yeah. Schumer. We had uh, what Maxine Waters said, you know, yes. get in their faces. Get in their and all faces. That, and how, how is this just letting, you know, letting this go on? Mm. How? 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 Mm. You know, it's it's crazy to me because when something pop off and something happened, you mm-hmm. know, it's like they still are not, you know, blamed or. No, it, it, no. It's just amazing. Yeah, I think it's going to be important for us to watch what happens with this 26 year old um, attempted, allegedly attempted murderer. Okay. Well, I say attempted. <laughs> How far do you go with that? Let me be careful. I don't want to be reckless here, right? right? right. Um, I don't want to be reckless. Um, the man who plotted to murder Justice Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be interesting for us to keep an eye on on him and this case. Because what I think they will try to do is hope that you just forget. Mm. I will tell you. So I have. So on my phone and many people have this. So I opened the news app on my phone yesterday and um, just kept scrolling and scrolling. And when I said, you know, talking about how this story, why is it not everywhere? Why is it not front page news everywhere? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And Mm. I'm not exaggerating for effect here. That story, this man's arrest, his reason for showing up. Not anywhere in all of my scrolling, not anywhere. And remember, I said to you, I'm like, I can't I can't hit a story. Why is this not a story? And and so I really do believe that there is just the hope that there, there will be enough fear instilled in the hearts of people. Right. That then you can kind of quietly shoo this story kind of into the background, because I, I I'm not sure how this will all play out for the 26 yeah. year old. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if he. You know, if he let me be careful here, but I'm just going to say this. I don't know if he was prompted to do what he did. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is theater. <laughs> I'm do you understand? What, I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm just asking and I'm not trying to be fall paper. I'm just asking. I don't know, but I, I do wonder. And so I think we need to keep watching so that we will know. All right. Let's mm. grab the break. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Standards are messianic, can't stand it, this planet isn't my home. But I long for Mount Zion and Novi Yerushalayim when I'm by him in the Shemayim of gold. The redeemed sons and daughters will drink of the living water from the Father and the Lamb on the throne. Cause his glory is the story and we'll all be shouting holy as we serve him in the Shemayim of gold. I just want to say a firm thank you so much to Pastor David Jeremiah for producing the spot that I asked him to produce. About I don't know if that spot went out everywhere people are listening, but the spot about great men. Did you... Were you able to focus on no, that spot? No, I, I wasn't. I was trying to get some things together oh, as we were coming no. back. But I heard you okay. say something about it, but I didn't hear the spot. Okay, so I just need, if you if you have a moment and you can go back and listen, um, 
whatever. I don't know how you do it. I don't know the technical <laughs> side of what we do. And I know people are like, that's a shame, Mika. It's not. Uh, it's really not. But I do, I do, I do want you to go back and listen to that spot if if okay. if you have I, some I time. Know. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons. It's a Friday edition. I'll do a little bit of a lighter show, um, and we're going to open the phone lines up. I want to share one more story with you, and then we'll go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Just to sum it up, Pastor David Jeremiah said something to the effect of great men make men feel great. Like they, mm. they have an ability to... Uh, I'm yeah. not going to say it as eloquently as Pastor David Jeremiah I get you, said. I get, I get what you're saying. There. Anyways, yeah. um, you can, can go back and listen to that. Have a great influence on other men. Yes, but he yes. probably said it in an eloquent David Jeremiah type way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right when you when you yeah write Bible commentary. Yes, of course. <laughs> right. um, okay, so this put this in your file folder. Uh, critical race theory on fleek, fleek. Sorry, mm. on like blast. Like, <laughs> All right, so Forbes is out with its billionaire list, and it has added two more athletes ah, to its billionaire <laughs> list. Okay, who's who's the one? I just know LeBron James. LeBron James last Thursday made the list as a billionaire. This is oppression at its finest. <laughs> I just want saying. everyone to they understand. Never speak about being. <laughs> I, don't I don't understand. Anyway. Go ahead. Okay. Yes. So LeBron James, um, and then also Tiger Woods Man, just today. Me. Just me. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I just, that's it. That man. should be a T-shirt. Oppress me, please. <laughs> LeBron style. Like, oppress and get me. A, get a purple shirt yeah. with gold lettering on it that says "Oppress me, man, please." Like, somebody just gonna make that shirt. I, I feel do it, it right now. It but now. but in order for the message to be communicated, the shirt needs to be purple with gold lettering. You see what <laughs> right. I'm doing there? This is yeah. where he is right now. Yeah. So you it just oppress me, please. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> Or better, oh. here's another one for you: King James oppression, please. Right. Yes, I mean, that's what on. that's what you want. Like what? So, so let me give some background here mm. because when we talk about being a billionaire, that's in the that is in the realm of me as a kid being like, yeah, gazillion. Like you know, it's just <laughs> right. we don't have a, point a real reference. number. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, uh. th- I'm laughing at this, but look, LeBron James has worked really hard to get where he is. Yeah, he has. And guess what? Only in America, right? There was once a time Come where on, we man. used to say, man, look at what he's accomplished. Look at what mm-hmm. he's done. But now, and LeBron James is an advocate for creating the kind of America where what people are supposed to say is, give me a piece of that. Mm. You didn't earn that. You didn't work for that. And he would bristle. At someone saying that about him, but he actually has worked really hard. And, I, and so I want to walk through um, and talk about what he did to get on this Forbes list as a billionaire. There's only three athletes on the billionaire list. Oh, really? Right? Who's the other one? Oh, I'll give you one guess. Jordan? Now, only, Yes, yes. Okay. And interestingly enough, Michael Jordan only made the list after his playing days. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, LeBron. That, yeah. While he's yeah. still playing. Yeah. That stuck out that he's an active player and yeah. is on a billionaire's list. Isn't that something? I mean, and, and, and as is Tiger Woods as well. Yeah. Now, here's something else that was, y'all, look, Miki does not have any <laughs> home training, okay? <laughs> My mom's like, that's not true. Just for this sake, Mama. I'm just, just trying to make a point. I don't have any home training. And so because I don't have any home training, I make observations like this. These men are mostly black. <laughs> 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 mostly, Listen, okay. mostly. I mean, because Tiger Woods said well, that he I mean, doesn't identify as black. Okay, well, okay, yeah. He doesn't. Right, he said right, he, right. that he doesn't identify as black. I don't. Either. Now his dad. Okay, I'm brown. Any, 
okay then. That's totally <laughs> fine. You can call me whatever color you want on the billionaire list. I don't care. I really don't. Um, mm. Anyways, anyways. Um, okay, so so what I'm thinking is, again, guys, remember, no home training. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that this space needs to be opened up for more white athletes. <laughs> No, see, I'm thinking we need Mika, more you, white athletes on the billionaire athlete list. It's a short <laughs> list, but why all of them? I'm sorry, that got real New Orleans. Um, why are <laughs> need a verb? Um, why are Friday. all of them? Okay. Yeah, so we don't have to use verbs on Friday. <laughs> right. Why they all black or some form of it? Hmm. Here's the point that I'm <laughs> making, form, guys. Of some funny. form. Here's here's a point that I'm making. Here's a point that I'm making. Guys, this right here is a real time example of why we cannot be roped in to mm. man's philosophies, right? On, These man. are the kinds of things that are absolutely ridiculous to speak of. Now, let's talk money before we go to the phone lines here. Let's let's talk money here just a little bit. And by the way, I kind of wrestled with do I put this in the category of critical race theory or do I put this in the category of what profits a man? Mm. I couldn't decide. I ain't going both. They can go in both, right? Put them in both <laughs> folders. Just make copies of it. Mm. All right. So according to Forbes, uh, James, LeBron James, mm-hmm. joined the billionaire list. Now, guys, just listen. You're going to get lost in all of the dollars, okay? You're going to get. But what I want you to think as I go through these numbers, these are the kinds of numbers that usually get written down when people talk in closed doors. Right. Like, slide you know, that paper. Behind, yeah, just slide a paper across the desk. <laughs> but I just want you to think oppression as I talk about these numbers. Okay? Here's LeBron James. Guys. LeBron James, who seriously, like, okay, anyway, let, let, I made my point. <laughs> According to Forbes, J- James joined the billionaire list after making $121.2 million last year. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. He, he's, Guys, he, he's doing, he made that money last year while well. he was talking about oppression. <laughs> okay, man, let me just, jokes guys, on it's you. so funny to me. So, so yeah, he, so here we, here, man, okay, um, mm. he's made over $385 million in NBA salary mm-hmm. during his 19-year career. Okay. He will make $44.5 million next season in the last year of his contract with the Lakers. Mm. Next, in one season. Next year, he'll make $44.5 yeah. But here's what is important to note. It's his off-the-court money that mm-hmm. has put him mm-hmm. in the billionaire club on mm-hmm. the Forbes list. Yeah. He has made close to $900 million in endorsements and other business investments. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. So it's not just what LeBron James is doing on the court. You mm-hmm. mean to tell me he's taken his business savvy mm-hmm. and he's engaged in investments and he's building wealth? <gasps> But How oppression, free though. market. <laughs> I can't believe. But oppression, though. <laughs> in 2010, wow. James became an investor in Blaze Pizza. D- let me just let me say this. So in 2010, LeBron's LeBron's. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you going to say? <laughs> you got to finish that sentence because I don't know. No, why, why it's funny? His name is not LeBron's. Oh, <laughs> I just, but I thought you were going to say LeBron's company. Or oh, LeBron's, like a possessive. Yeah. No, I could. I I wish I had been thinking that way. No, I just called it. I just. I just. Anyway, okay. made him a medal. I, I guess. Um, <laughs> That's funny. LeBron, in, LeBron. in 2010, guys, we're going to spend the whole segment on this. But you guys are as into this as we are. Just admit it. Oh, man, you guys are all funny. laughing on your way. Okay, here we go. In 2010, LeBron LeBron James. <laughs> I can't even get it out. Okay, because it's Blaze Pizza is the investment. But can, let me just say this. 
He got in on Blaze Pizza mm -hmm. for less than a million dollars. Okay, mm -hmm. I think he keeps that in his glove compartment in his car. <laughs> so he got in for a million dollars, okay? Now that investment is worth $30 million. Mm. Guys, that's very Good much Wansler. That That is, he <laughs> yeah. just keeps biggering and biggering. Hey, and, and the thing about it, man, that's great. You it is do great. That, you know, like. No, and, I, and, and guess what? This, is this awesome. wouldn't even be like a whole conversation except, a, except for what he has presented. Right. That's the, that this that's is the, bad. Yeah. See. But he's, but he's doing hypocritical, it. Hypocritical, man. Very much so. Very much so. So anyway, he's got some other investments. Um, he, he's, he's got a marketing group that's involved with uh, Fenway Sports Group, which owns the Boston Red Sox. And he's wanting to buy an NBA team. That's his goal. That is In his Las goal. Vegas Quote, somewhere. my goal is to own an NBA franchise and it will be sooner than later. That's what he said. I mean, you're a that's what he said. So that, that's his thing. Um, the investments that he has with his his marketing group or whatever, uh, worth 90 million, mm -hmm. 90 million. James has also made around 300 million from the Spring Hill company, a venture. He and his business partner, Maverick Carter, which that's One the of kind of name that, that you want to have that he brought with him. Right. Yeah, he brought a bunch of guys with him, which is, which is great as well. Like he has a lot of great things. I'm like, man, that's cool. That's cool. But then when he start talking about, you know, how the how when he wakes all, up, he doesn't know if a cop is having on, a bad day and he might get shot. Mm. LeBron, that's not a worry for you, bro. I mean, <laughs> sir, <laughs> like, sir, you don't like you're not worrying about that. And, and, and OK, for a number of reasons. All right. For a number of reasons, you're not worrying about that. But but you find a moment that you need to sort of like relate. You have passed the point of being able to relate with the cause. That's because that's the cause right there after me. They're after every everywhere you look, they're after me. And so now you're trying to relate in ways that really ring hollow. Mm -hmm. Right. It's ridiculous because most people don't wake up thinking that cops are after them. Now, and I'm, when I say most people, I mean, including the ones who are involved in nefarious practices because they, <laughs> they think they keep getting away. They don't even wake up thinking. OK, um, anyway, so that's LeBron James, 300 million. He's the billionaire list uh, in real time, which means it's going to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it is good for him, but it's not great. What would be great is that he would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Because it's not going to. I mean, what does and it look, profit him? What, because I was going to say he's yeah. doing a lot of good things like he building schools. He, that he's is doing true. All, you know, but what profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? That's right. the ultimate. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Tiger Woods also today, just today, being listed as a third professional athlete to join the exclusive billionaire club, the Forbes list. Uh, his accomplishments include five, uh, 15 major wins and a record tying 82 wins on the PGA Tour. He's reportedly earned over one point seven billion in golf earnings endorsements so, and other salaries or other salary <laughs> in his 27 year career. Tiger Woods is, is so rich that he turned down a nine Digit, a nine figure. Nine, yeah. yeah, he, yep. he turned down the nine. That's how rich he is. Yeah. You know, like he. That's a great game people, to play. How people rich? People are leaving the PGA. Other golfers. He's like, nah, mm -hmm. I'm good. I'm staying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need the money. And they were offering him big, <sighs> whatever. These guys. Anyways, 
There you go. But yeah. my, my whole point, my whole reason in bringing this up, because I, I saw in the reading of the story several punchlines, which hopefully I executed well. But then I also <laughs> just wanted to, to talk about critical race theory and how this becomes one of those examples. And there are many. This is not he is not an enigma as far as black success in America, guys. No. We don't we don't need to go for Obama or Oprah. Like <laughs> th- they are not like, no, there are many African-Americans look, in this country who are successful yes. because of this country. Yes, yes. Guys, like we need to put this to rest, right? And we but also I just need to change how funny. we measure su- uh, success. Ooh, yeah. now look at you. Great point. I feel like I am successful. Married, you are. Six children. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Serving the Lord. Like uh-huh. we, we have to change our mind, you know, because, yeah, those things are great. But at the end of the day, only what you're doing for Christ. I'll just stop Man. Amen. Amen. I at this point, I feel like as you're listing all of your success there, this is as good a time as any for me to tell you something I I didn't tell you. Oh, what did you tell me? Well, back in 2010, I, too, invested in Blaze Pizza. Really? So (laughs) we made it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of the show. Well, no. actually, no, it's not because <laughs> no, we would still be doing this. Yeah, we would. <laughs> you know that we would still be doing this. Oh, Anyways, man. no, but wouldn't that be fun if, like, to celebrate the birth of JD, I was like, hey, let's invest. I got I got a million in the glove box here. Let's go ahead and put it into Blaze, Blaze Pizza. All right. Oh, wow. That's it. That's all I got. That's all of the the content that i have brought to the table so no, if the phone good. lines don't work oh, you're gonna hear us sing the, the lines are packed People oh are great ready to talk. well yes. let's go 888-589-8840 will the great where do we go first all right let's go to pastor norman in wow. mississippi pastor, pastor norman. norman hold on let me get you pastor norman you there yeah all right go ahead yeah i i just want to Call in, uh, talk about a couple of things that y'all talked about today. Okay. Okay. Uh, one is, uh, you just think if if guys like LeBron James and Oprah and other black millionaires or billionaires, if they had had the opportunity to do business 200 years ago, just think how far and how much that would have impacted our community. If the the people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, had not been murdered as they were because of who they were, think how far black people in Tulsa and how much progress they would have made by now. You're looking at at it the wrong way. The, the, The facts are is that we were denied opportunity to even get involved in business and up until and later the 60s uh, and, and be able to operate without interference from people who didn't want you there. They can mm. absolutely stop you. And so what, what we need to be dealing with is that uh, people like LeBron have worked, obviously he has worked hard, Mm-hmm. But he's a good businessman, too. And so he have done what he needed to do for his community. But as I said, the impact would have been much greater today had, he, had we been able to have that freedom to do that 
200 years ago. You know, Pastor Norman, you are you are absolutely right. But if you look around the globe, if you look at other cultures, you can always go back to a point and say, you know what? That was not right. That was oppression. Slavery was real. No one denies that slavery was real. My question is, what do people do with the opportunities that they have post-slavery and post-Jim Crow? Bingo. These are the things that we are unwilling to answer. So there are, Pastor Norman, you you know that you have a better preaching voice than I do, so I'm not going to be able to (laughs) respond as, as emphatically as. All right, we got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. It is the Friday edition. We're going to go right back to the phone lines. Pastor Norman is on the line, and Pastor Norman was just giving me a reman because I have not considered what could have happened in LeBron James's life 200 years ago. My only question is, when was basketball invented? Is is basketball over 200 years old? I don't know. know. Somebody can answer answer me that question (laughs) because I want to say that his ability on the court with the sport is what has allowed him to be positioned in this way. And also America has allowed him to be positioned this way because of what we do with sports. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. I just what I'm saying is there are a lot of times that you have people (laughs) who want to hate the country. Right. And I'm not saying that Pastor Norman is doing that who want to hate the country that has given them a tremendous opportunity, an opportunity that they wouldn't have had anywhere else. I want to say one other thing in response. Um, When we talk about these billionaires and we talk about these wealthy people who are American made, they are made in America, right? Sometimes what we don't recognize is that it is also not just the country, right? Mm -hmm. They also have these individual stories. So you take a person like an Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey was on a downward spiral until she was sent by her mother back to her father. Mm -hmm. Okay, so father's here, stand up. She was sent (laughs) back to her father and her father laid down the law and was like, here's what it's going to be. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what your curfew is. You're going to go to school and you're going to get an education. She credits her father with saving her life. And let me tell you what she also says. Oprah says that if it had not been for her father, she would have had multiple children and been living in government housing. (laughs) She didn't say because of slavery, she would have been. She (laughs) didn't say because of Jim Crow. Right. She said that if not for her father, she would have been living in government housing with multiple children. So I think we have to consider all of the pieces of the pie when we talk about what existed, what happened in America, and then what people did with the opportunities that yeah. they were afforded when they were afforded those opportunities. Yeah, Pastor Norman, I'm going to give you the last word. And Pastor Norman, I'm going to let you go, but we have uh, some more callers. So go ahead. Go ahead, Pastor Norman. I will agree with you 100%, but y'all cut me off. Oh, we had no, a break. break. We it had was a, a break. We had a, we had a break. You know how this goes, Pastor Norman. Pastor come Norman, on. now, yeah. come on. But, but listen. Yeah, I'm 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 not disagreeing with you about Oprah. The only thing that I'm saying is, prior to the civil rights movement and a lot of people dying in the street, Oprah would have never had the opportunity to do what she did. She wouldn't have never gotten the opportunity had that not happened. You, that's what we need to we need to set in mind and not act like America just all of a sudden just opened up and said, y'all can just do business. That ain't the way it happened. 
And, and and I'm telling you, it, it, it's a lot deeper than that. No, I agree with that, though. I I agree with the civil rights movement. I agree with the fight for equality, which was a promise that this country made that it didn't uphold. My problem is for how long do we attribute it for how long do we attribute laziness? And I and I'm saying, look, I'm I am not a person. I I, look, I'm I don't use people's talking points just to say what I think is going to get an amen. I, I really, I try to be genuine and I try to be authentic in my comments. I'm not just trying to rile people up and cater to one set of thoughts and all. So when I say this, I'm not saying that in a sense of like, just trying to be, trying to use a, a pejorative term. I'm saying that, <clears throat> excuse me, in a literal sense, Pastor Norman, in a literal sense, for how long do you say a person can't do because of what happened 200 years ago? For how long do you say that? At what point, my question is just very genuine. <clears throat> at what point does it become that person's responsibility? Yeah. And for how long do we overlook a person's laziness? Because what the, the, here's what the problem is. And I'm saying this lovingly. Pastor Norman has listened to us for a very, very long, a long time. time. I affectionately <laughs> call him my pawpaw. Okay, so <laughs> Pastor Norman knows me and I know him. So I just want to say that. At some point, at some point, there are people who actually destroy the case that other people try to make about slavery, right? And some of these people are the people that we've talked about today, and they will not look at what they couldn't do because of slavery. They actually say these things drove them harder and faster when they felt like they were told they weren't good enough or they couldn't do. There was there was a certain strength about African-Americans in this country that drove them to be better and to do more and to go further. But now we are cropping up. Okay, let me. We are cropping up (laughs) a level of weakness that is an embarrassment to me. If I can just say that. That's a great point because imagine if if they would have just said, like, because of slavery, I can't do this. I can't do that. Like, if I'm talking about, you know, in the years past, if if great men and women would have said that. Then you you wouldn't have had the civil rights movement. Exactly. You wouldn't have had had Black Wall Street. You wouldn't have had all of these businesses pop up in the great migration from the south to the north. So what I'm what I'm telling you is that there was ability in people who didn't have opportunity. But as soon as they had opportunity, they took it and they didn't whine about what they didn't have. I just the, the weakness that is coming from the common conversation today bothers me. It's a it's a weakness that that did not historically define black people, which, again, to me, proves that critical race theory does not originate in black minds. It comes from a white idea. And, and look, and I know that this is offensive, guys. I do these talks all the time. But there is a certain like luxury in being able to sit around and talk about matters of, you know, oppression, the haves and the have not. Because historically, black people were too busy trying to live. Rather than to sit around and talk about, well, you know, when you really get back to economics and all. No, they, they were trying to live. And I think that made for a stronger people. And the thing that upsets me about the critical race theory conversation now is that it's making a group. It's Man, it's, it's making and it's on its way to making another generation of really lazy people who are given to philosophical conversation and have no wherewithal to do. None to get up and do. Ah, uh, well, you know, because because of, of slavery, because okay, but 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 like, what about the people just outside of slavery? So even while we hold up Black Wall Street and we say, man, look at what black people did. And then a lot of times you hear talk of Black Wall Street among people who say, and then the white man came and burned it down. But I would like to back up before we get to the white man burning it down. And I would like to say, but what about those people who fresh out of slavery actually set up Black Wall Street? Why can't we hang out there (laughs) for a a second and talk about the caliber of person? That was a different mindset. 
you know, we don't because 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 if we strength. exalt, yes, yeah. if we exalt that, right, then we can't continue to say that it's slavery that won't let. Mm. And and I'm serious, and and I I'm joking about LeBron James. We we'll go back to the phone lines here. I'm joking about LeBron James, but I want to say that look, his his mind for business and the people that he chose to surround himself with, th- this has led to his success. And I think we do him a disservice if we say, yeah, but see what, how much further could he have gone or how much farther could he have gone if not for slavery? <laughs> He's not fresh out of slavery. And, and if, and if we're using slavery as the impediment, right, then let's say that that provides a source of strength because look at where he is today. I just, I don't, and, and, and last thing, and then I'm gonna go to the phone lines cause I'm, I'm getting the move on alert from Will the Great. Look, <laughs> okay. Um, we've got people who exalt these philosophies and they ignore the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that it's the Lord who's determined when you would live? He determined the boundaries of your habitation, right? The times that you would live in. This is Acts 17, 26. And the Bible says that he determined all of that so that men would seek God. But we have taken these things and we have exalted those things just for those things. And and I think that's a problem. All right, Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Scott in Louisiana. I love you, Pastor Norman. Okay, Scott. <laughs> hey, Scott. Hey, hey, good afternoon. Boy, I'm really enjoying this area in the Addison's light on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Very Pastor light. Pastor Norman did this. Okay, go ahead. Go well, ahead. yeah, it don't take much to get you going, Mickey. Um, <laughs> I, but but I, I, I called in for a couple of reasons, but then I left to listen. I do got to say the Babylon Bee has nothing on your satire, Mickey. <laughs> um, but, Will, this reason I called. The Wednesday show, brother, you knocked it out of the park. And who better to bring a message about it not being about the performance than a guy from New Orleans who's got a southern kind of way of talking (laughs) and isn't real clear. You mentioned Moses at the end of the show and kind of revealed your your transparency there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is great. Mm. So anyway, uh, accolades to Brother Will. But, Mickey, yeah, just keep that satire going. I love you. <laughs> oh, thank, God thank bless you, Scott. You, Scott. I, I appreciate you calling appreciate in, brother. It. Can I say something, too, about the Babylon Bee, and then we'll go right back to the phone lines? Mm-hmm. I thought this was really important to bring up, and this is a great segue. The Babylon Bee actually sat down for an interview with um, Ray Comfort of mm. Living Waters, mm. where he actually talked to them about the whole do us a solid. Mm. And I want to, it's a, there's a YouTube video. If you go to Ray okay. Comfort's YouTube oh, channel, Living Waters, it. you will see him sitting down with those individuals where he basically with love, but with like firmness mm. goes in that that was not a proper gospel presentation. And mm. they, man, they were so humble. They received that rebuke. They talked about it. They laughed at themselves. Like, I mean, and so it is so worth watching for everyone who was outraged. Like I was outraged that they, (laughs) uh, to Elon Musk said, you want to do us a quick solid, accept Jesus as your Lord and savior. Um, and they were roundly criticized and rightly so. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that Ray comfort sat down for an interview with them and you can find it on his, on his, uh, YouTube channel, Living Waters. Check that out. You can check that out with your family. It's very family friendly. Um, it's a great opportunity to kind of hone your skills on sharing the gospel effectively. So anyway, I just wanted to say that. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Jerry in Tennessee. Hi, Jerry. Hello, Will and Mickey. Hey. Hello. 
Hey, uh, first of all, uh, Mickey, I so resonate with your point that they're about not being any white billionaire athletes. I just want to volunteer to be the first. <laughs> short. I need you to hear these words. Token, short, white man who isn't good at any sports to be, that they can make a millionaire. I mean, why do you have to be good at sports to make a lot of money in sports? That, I think exclusive. we're seeing you don't I mean, have that's to be. not right. That's, yeah. that's talent privilege. I, I need your help, in all honesty. Um, I've been teaching. I've been teaching a class to some high schoolers, a few high schoolers at our church, to, uh, to help them prepare to leave home, whether they're going to college or wherever that might be. Um, we talk about things like their godly identity that is going to be challenged and is being challenged. How do they know that God exists? Critical race theory, LGBT, all this kind of stuff. I think it's one thing that's come on my radar. Listen to you guys. It's, it's also important to help them start thinking about how they're going to educate their children. I know y'all might be thinking that's too early, but you can set up your finances, the way you buy your house, and how much money you're spending on different things. If you go down the wrong path with that, it can make it really hard for you to switch back, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So my question, um, I would like to show them a couple of things. What's, what's wrong with the public education system and what's good about homeschool, homeschooling or private schooling? Now, you guys had that Schoolhouse Rock, uh, the, the people who put that mm-hmm. video together on a while back. Yes. Yeah. As, I, as I looked into that a little bit, it looked like – I haven't bought it yet, but it looked like it might really get into – why homeschooling is good, I'm not sure if it gets into what's wrong with the public education education system right now and where it's headed. My question to you, if you were me wanting to you know, help high schoolers get ready for that and start thinking about it mentally, um, are there, is there any resources you would uh, recommend for that? I hope I'm making sense. You absolutely are. I would absolutely recommend the Schoolhouse Rocked um, video uh, to sit down and to watch that because they actually do go into – Um, A lot of the issues that we see coming out of government education and the problem with that. But there's another one that is a little bit older, and I'm forgetting the name of it. Mm. I want to say it's something like the yellow bus or something like that. Um, I'm drawing a blank. I'll have to get that information to you. But there's another it features Vody Bauckham. It's a little bit older, but it kind of um, kind of goes back a little bit further, unpacking the decline and and how everything started Mm. to shift. I can't remember the name of it. I want to say it's like this the yellow bus or something i don't know but i'll find that for you jerry yeah i i think that's a great point that you're making that we've got to begin talking to our kids because what we're doing is we're trying to entrust them with the faith and so i think it's only natural as you talk about passing the baton if you will that we talk to our kids about how they're going to entrust the gospel to their kids and if there's anything that would threaten the gospel in their hands right as they are passing it on to their children i think those conversations should come up so Anyway, that's a great question, Jerry. Let me find out what are the resources I can uh, recommend to you. But definitely, I would say start at Schoolhouse Rock for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, the great. Where do we go next? Then Jerry was the last call that we had. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So then good. Well, not good. I mean, no, I just <laughs> <laughs> let me just say this. I sometimes get a little bit amped. I'm not like yelling at, and I and I think it's important. People understand, but at the same time, understanding is not an excuse. I always want to show respect, and so if it <clears throat> if it appeared at all to Pastor Norman that I was uh, too elevated, which I don't think so because we've we've man, talked a lot history. over the years, oh, man. right? Um, <laughs> which I take into consideration when I'm communicating. I think it would be more for people listening. It's really for other people listening, guys. Because okay, you know, just, just so you know, knows. Because I would hate for someone who's tuning in for the first time and they're like, I can't believe the <laughs> way she talked to that pastor. Um, no, I just, but here's the thing. When we talk about um, what critical race theory is rooted in Marxism and, and for us to take 
those theories, take those philosophies and to try to make them the sentiment of black people is erroneous and it's it is not researched, right? It is inconsistent with the type of people that God caused to come through difficulty and struggle. Guys, look, this is real. That that was real. Yeah. Slavery existed in the United States of America. No one denies that, right? Mm. And but I think the problem... Go ahead, Will the Great. You go ahead. Oh, I'm about to break your point. But I just want to give fine. this to you, that the movie is called Indoctrination. Indoctrination. Yeah. Okay, so that's Jerry, the movie. Yes, go ahead. Indoctrination. Okay, yes. No, I just... I think it's better to depend on the Lord and to trust His sovereignty um, than to look back on all of the reasons why you weren't able to do. God Amen. is sovereign. I, I just, anyway. All right. Hey, have, have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Most of us will be back here on Monday until then, Lord willing. God bless. <laughs>